Hey there, podcast listeners. My name is Bryant Manning, and I serve as the pastor here at the Wesley Foundation at FSU and TCC. We are a campus ministry of the United Methodist Church on the campus of Florida State University here in Tallahassee, Florida. These sermons that we're presenting here are designed, written, and presented for college students who are exploring their lives of faith and growing in their walk with Jesus. And our hope and prayer is that you too will be inspired by these messages, that you will learn something about the scriptures, and that you'll leave with your life transformed by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much from the bottom of our heart for listening. I want want to give a message this morning uh, called Tell Me Your Story. Let's say that together. Tell me your story. Uh, this is, I'm going to give you kind of where we're going, and then we're going to get back there. It's the way I like to do it sometimes. So where we're going is that you're going to find somebody in your life whose story you're currently missing and you need to hear. Are you with that? Because you're, you're going to ask them their story at some point over the next couple of weeks. And we're going to use the scripture uh, from Matthew 7. This is kind of toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's gospel. Uh, and the scripture will be on the screen here. Let's read the scripture together. Don't judge so that you won't be judged. You'll receive the same judgment you give. Whatever you deal out will be dealt to you. Why do you see the splinter that's in your brother or sister's eye, but don't notice the log in your own eye? Can you say, how can you say to your brother or sister, let me take the splinter out of your eye when there's a log in your eye? You deceive yourself, exclamation point. First, take the log out of your eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother or sister's eye. This may be a familiar passage to some of you because you have read this before, you've heard this in different contexts, but it is a convicting passage. It is a passage that speaks right to the heart. So having said that, let's pray over the preaching of God's word. God, we uh, ask that your word be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. May it speak to us, oh God, may it speak through us to establish your kingdom on this earth. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight and in your sight alone, O oh God. You are our rock and you are our redeemer. We love you. Amen. Whether, whether you grew up in church or not, uh, whether you've heard this passage a thousand times or not, whether you understand what it's saying or not, okay, so that should include all of us in the room, whether you've, you have internalized this message in a lot of ways. How many times have you personally said, who am I to judge? Probably just as many times as you judged. Who, who, you said, who am I to judge? Or you might have said, um, to each their own, right? Or my favorite, you do you, bro? Like, yeah, like just you know, you just do it, bro. Like you do what, that. We have internalized this message of non-judgment on others in our lives, haven't we? We've done this a lot. But here's the problem is that this scripture is often pointing to that. And that's the way in which we've interpreted it, right? Whether you grew up in church or not, that's how we've interpreted it. It's like, just don't judge others. Don't judge others. Just don't judge others. Just like, let them do their own thing, man. Just like, don't judge others. Let me tell you that there is not a scriptural academic anywhere, nobody who thinks that that's actually what he's saying here. 
okay? Because oftentimes we have to judge, don't we? Oftentimes we have to provide some sort of judgment, don't we? So what, today I want to talk about the difference between discernment and condemnation. Because discernment is actually a good thing. It's really healthy. And sometimes when we read this, we're like, ah, man, don't judge. They're doing something completely toxic, you know? But like, don't judge them. And actually, what, what we're actually called to do is discern for a second. So let's talk about discernment. Somebody give me like a definition of discernment. What's that mean? You want to know? Silence. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, yeah, to, to find the difference between something maybe right and wrong, to, to kind of get a sense of, of something that we, we just have to have this kind of feeling internally. We sometimes logically think through it also, but, but that's a, pro, a part of the process of discernment. We, we judge all the time. We make these judgments all the time. We make these discernments all the time, don't we? Like you discern who to be friends with, right? Like you have, you have, that's a discernment process you have to do. Uh, we judge the type of partner that we want in our life. Are you with me? Like, we've thought about that. Like, what is, who's the type of person that I would try to marry? And how, how would that person appear? How would that person behave? What would that person do? Let me invite you that if you have, if you're sitting here thinking, I've never done that, let me invite you to do that. <laughs> like, that will be a good thing for you to do is to discern a little bit uh, about who that person is that you need to end up with. You've done this when you discerned where you were going to go to school, and there's nothing against, well, Depending on what school. There's nothing against the other schools, you know? Like, there's nothing bad about the other schools, but you discerned that you were going to be here, right? There's a process of discernment that happened that ended you right here. The same thing's true when you go to sign up for classes, because you know what it's like when you try to figure out what professor to take. Have you ever had a situation where you had a choice between professors? Some of you and some majors don't, but like you had a choice between two professors and somebody told you something about the other professor, so you discerned not to take that professor, right? Like you're making that judgment call. I'm not saying that any of this is bad. In fact, a lot of it is super healthy. They, they're not inherently bad judgments. They help us make us stronger. But we make judgments in our lives all the time, all the time. So I don't think Jesus is saying... Just like, don't judge here. He's not saying, like, just, just don't let everybody just live how they are. Don't, don't. He's not saying that. What he's actually saying is something bigger. Because the truth is, is that discernment is protective and condemnation is hopeless. And condemnation is more of what he's talking about. Because you discern things in your own life all the time. And that protects you. It, like, keeps you healthy. It keeps you, you know with the lack of toxicity in your life. And it helps you discern like kind of where your path is. But what Jesus says when he says this famous phrase, do not judge or lest you will be judged, that's what he says here. What he's saying is do not condemn because condemnation is hopeless. I'm going to talk about this condemnation thing for a second. Uh, those of you who know me or are Facebook friends with me, I'm sorry, uh, this will make sense. 
because you'll be like, yeah, that fits the vibe. <laughs> uh, before I served here, I served in Lakeland, Florida, uh, which is in Polk County, and it's right outside of Orlando. It's in between uh, Orange County and Hillsborough County. Where anybody from Hillsborough County? Anybody from Orange County? Anybody from Polk County? No one wants to admit it. Nobody ever wants to admit it in public. But Polk County is where we are, and we're famous for really one thing. Um, other than maybe the Strawberry Festival. We're, we're famous for one thing, and that's our Sheriff Grady Judd. He's been Sheriff for like, ah, man, 20 years, going on 20 years now. And he's a very good Sheriff, don't get me wrong. He's very Sheriff. But let me tell you about the time I got blocked from them on Facebook. <laughs> Here we go. They were doing this thing where they were, uh, Grady, Grady loves, okay, we always say that Grady loves every microphone, like there's never a microphone he's never loved, you know, because if he sees a microphone, that man is going to talk into that microphone for the next hour and a half, and you're going to listen, and it's going to make the nightly news, because he's going to say something just outlandish, you ever heard of leaders doing this, right, say something just absolutely outlandish, okay, so here's Grady Judd, and uh, he designed this program called Free Ride Home, and what it really was, was Free Ride to Jail, and it was to stop DUI, now listen, sign me up, with stopping DUI, okay, uh, and you as well, okay, so if you ever find yourself in that position, let me just tell you as your college minister, if you ever find yourself in that position, because you will, having to make the choice to drive or not, are we with you? Sorry to get all serious in just a second. Don't. Pretty easy. That Uber, that it may, and even if it's on like surging prices, right? What is an Uber going to cost you? 30 bucks, 40 bucks? It's a lot cheaper than the alternative option. Are you with me? And uh, I watch enough cop cam videos <laughs> to see that a lot of people who get pulled over for DUI, DWI, OVI, I'm not a criminology person, but like people who get pulled over for that are mostly your age, okay? Are we all together on this? All right, we're all going to agree to not contribute to this problem. But he creates this. DUI thing, which is great. And honestly, like, I think if you got to pull somebody off, I would much rather, as somebody who drives with their two children in the car, like, I would much rather you pull somebody off the road who shouldn't be driving than anything. I'm I'm all for that. The problem is what they did on social media afterwards. Because what they would do is they would go and they would book them. And uh, they would take their picture and their name and the place that they worked, if they could find that information, and their age. And within 24 hours, they would put it up on Facebook for the Facebook commenters to do the dirty work. Are you with me? All of a sudden, not judgment, condemnation happens before, a lot of times before this person even saw a judge. Like even had a chance to defend themselves. Sometimes had not even taken a breathalyzer test. Are you with me? That's the kind of thing that happened. So I went on there and I was like, I thought you guys were supposed to protect the people. And I don't know. I like feel like we live in a world in which you're supposed to be given the benefit of the doubt. We're innocent until proven guilty in this society. And yet here we are throwing people up. Because guess what? What would happen if you went to work and you saw that somebody had a DUI on your Facebook and they used to sit at the decks next to you? Do you think they'll work there any longer? Whether or not they've been convicted or not. Whether or not they've actually gone through the whole judicial process or not. It's real hard to get your life back after that. Really hard to get your life back. And I tend to think the sheriff's department should not contribute to that problem. And yet they were. This was an an act of condemnation that I saw all the time. 
I also, when I read the comments, man, you know exactly what these comments say. You know what I'm saying? Like they're celebrating the sheriff, a thank you for getting off the streets, which again, I'm, I'm in support of that sort of thing. But then it's also like, what a waste of blank. When I was in Charlotte, I served as a pastor in Charlotte, pastor's intern in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I had an opportunity to do prison ministry there, juvenile detention ministry there. And as I started getting to know some of these kids, because we would go weekly and do a Bible study, and so as you get to know some of these kids, you get to know their name and start to hear things about them. There's always one or two who are just driving you absolutely crazy, like, there's always one or two that just, like, they willingly come to the Bible study. They can't be forced by law to come to the Bible study, but, like, they would willingly come to the Bible study, and then they would spend the next hour making all of our lives just absolutely miserable. That's the type of kids we're talking about. And um, over the course of time, there was one guy named Charlie, and they told, they told me that, uh, well, actually, our leader called him a waste of skin. That was the words he used about Charlie. And over the course of time, uh, I started to realize that Charlie had been there before. So I started asking about, like, how often do these people, these juveniles who are here six months to a year at the most, how often do they come back into this system? And they would tell me that the recidivism rates in, in North Carolina at that time are about 75% within three years. Meaning, like, if you go to jail and you get out, you'll be back within three years almost assuredly. Within five years, 80-something percent. And I started to realize that that process, that the condemnation that happened in Polk County for a DUI, it actually it kind of mirrors the issue that we see in the prison system in general today, which is like we think of this as, uh, we think of this as like fixing the world you know that this country locks up 500 people out of every 100,000? That's like five times more than the United, uh, the United Kingdom does. Six times more than Spain does. Most of Europe is about a fifth of what we do. And when I read these comments, I started to realize, man, there's a lot of condemnation that happens there. And as a, a pastor who is primarily concerned with grace, I found this like struggle there. We make those in our own lives too, don't we? It, it doesn't have to be something as dramatic as a, somebody in prison. But we make those own condemnations in our own life too. If we hear something about somebody that we didn't know, does it change our perspective on them? Almost overnight. If something does, somebody does something to us, does it change our perspective on them? Almost overnight. If they do it repeatedly, we enter into this discernment phase where I start to remove myself from your life. But the truth is, oftentimes we don't even get to that because if somebody hurts us, we spend as much energy as we can trying to get away from them immediately. We talk bad about them behind their backs. We talk bad about them in, in other circles. We condemn them, don't we? We condemn. And what Jesus says here is don't condemn don't condemn, or else you will be condemned at the same level, with the same authority, with the same rod. You will be judged in that same way. 
It's interesting, he goes on to, to actually talk about self-reflection, because his main point is self-reflection. You've heard this, right? You read it earlier. The speck that comes out of somebody's eye. What about the log in your own, dude? You know? Because we're real quick to pass judgment, condemnation judgment, on somebody else. We're real quick to do that. And not necessarily to see our own. And Jesus' point is to get us to think toward ourselves. In other words, to say, oh, what is it that I do? So I've been doing some thinking about this because I've wondered is why is it that we give so much grace to ourselves but not so much grace to others? Why is it that we give, we forgive ourselves for the most heinous things? And yet, for others, we are so protective of that grace. I think it's because we know our own stories. If you know me, uh, and if I've ever had a conversation with you, you'll know that I've said this phrase many times. People are products of their own stories. People are products of their stories. When Charlie was sitting in our Bible study, disrupting everything, making everybody miserable, and we disliked everything about what he was doing. Uh, over the course of time, you get to know him a little bit, and you start to ask some questions because you, you know that he's been back three or four times. And so we had this conversation, and, and I asked him, you know, what's life like? And you can imagine what life was like at home. It's exactly like it would be to put you in a position like that. To hear the things that his parents, the people who loved him, said to him, floored me. To hear what they did to him floored me. But it started to give me a picture of who he was. It started to give me a picture of his story. And one thing I know that is true is that people are products of their stories. And I know my story, but haven't I protected a lot of that story from someone else? I don't talk about the things that don't make me look good, do I? I don't share the things in my story that are hardest, do I? Even more so, if we condemn somebody, if we immediately turn away and walk the other way, if we, tr if we try so hard not to be in relationship with them, if we do that, we will never learn their story. Never learn their story. So my question for us is whose story are we missing right now? I want you to do some inner thinking for just a second. There are relationships in your life right now that need repair. Whether you want to repair them or not, they need repair. You can, you can don't, please don't, but you can list off their names right now. It could be a really close relationship, like a mother or a, or a father. It could be a, a really close relationship, like somebody else in your immediate family. It could be a friendship. 
And I'm not talking about the friendships that just kind of, you know, they just kind of wandered away. And if you ever talked to each other again, you would come back and you'd talk for hours. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about those that, ha- that took some sort of turn. You know exactly the ones I'm talking about. The ones that took some sort of turn, some sort of change happened in your life. And your first step was not necessarily one of discernment, although if it was, congratulations. But uh, it was one of condemnation. Like, I'm just done with that person, I am stepping aside right now. That's what often happens in those relationships. And if it's not a person's relationship, an interpersonal relationship, it might be somebody you see from afar. Somebody who you see from afar and you just don't like them. You know, you might not even be able to put words to the fact that you don't like them, but you don't like them, and you just don't even really want to know why you don't like them. You just don't like them, or people make decisions about them, or they get played as a favorite in certain circles, and and you don't think that's fair because you want to be that person. I want you to invite you at that point, that person that you're thinking about. That person might be the person whose story you're missing. Because people are products of their stories, right? People are products of their stories, meaning that their behavior mimics where they've been and what they've done. And it will continue to be so. And you will never, ever be able to find grace in your life for that person until you what? Hear their story. Hear their story. Find out who they are. There have been so many times when I've turned my back on an entire group of people, an entire relationship, simply because I just didn't know. And I could have known if I had just asked. In college, I did that thing that some of us do, where I joined a fraternity. <laughs> It was a kind of a remarkable experience, to be honest with you, because I don't, I don't strike you as frat guy, right? Um, I wasn't then either. And I had severe condemnation in my life for people who get described with the word F-R-A-T. Because I was like, oh, man, terrible people, man, they're drunk all the time. Partially true. But I was encouraged by a couple of key people to go talk to some of the brothers. And man, you know, I might have been able to tell, I can't keep my mouth shut, right, Grady Judd? Uh, I can't keep my mouth shut. And so um, I was a little worried about how those would go when I sat down with a couple of brothers because I thought, what do they know that I said about them, (laughs) right? And I had a couple of large, interesting conversations in which I heard about people like my friend Bruce, who annoyed out of me. But when I heard about how Bruce had grown up, how he had struggled with his weight, how he had struggled with trying to be popular, and he had struggled with trying to be, to have friends even, and I found that that's why he joined the fraternity, so he would get some sense of community, I thought, I'm down with that. And I had a friend named Pat who 
I don't think we see eye to eye on any topic ever to this day. In fact, he just removed me from Facebook not long ago. But I sat down with him. And we had, man, just like a really interesting conversation about life and the way he saw things and why he saw things that way. And you know what I, I found myself doing? I found myself providing grace for them that I don't think I otherwise would have. Because it's real easy just to turn your back and that's that person. But I definitely think Jesus is speaking to the disciples and us here to say, listen, don't condemn because you're going to be condemned by the same way if you do. But instead, look at your own self before you provide grace for them. You can find out their story. My question, whose story right now, like, like today, this week, whose story are you missing? Go find it this week. Call them, shoot them a text, meet them for coffee, find out. Whose story are you missing? You may come out of that conversation in the same, thinking the same thing you did before. That's okay. But at least you got an opportunity to hear their story and provide them some grace. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Wesley Foundation and FSU and TCC. We hope this was uplifting to you and helpful in your walk with Jesus. If you would like to support us, we would love your prayerful and financial support. You can give online at fsuwesley.com or on Venmo by just searching FSU Wesley Foundation. Thanks again.